Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Why don't you take a quick second to kind of tell the folks a little bit about your background, like how'd you actually get into startups and uh, this crazy entrepreneurial world? Uh, well, even from a very young age, like since about the age of 13, I never really wanted to, I always just wanted to work for myself and make my own money. I mean, one of the pivotal bits was like when I was like 12 or 13, my parents basically said to me like, hey, like I wasn't getting much pocket money, but they basically said like, I don't know, $5 a week or something. But they basically said like, if you want to keep having pocket money, you've got to start doing these things around the house. Like you've got to help out with this stuff. And like, I don't like being told what to do. So I basically said like, okay then, well, just I'll stop having pocket money then. I'll just earn my own money. Uh, and so since the age of 13, I was a freelance web designer. Uh, so one of the advantages was online. No one knows how old you are <laughs> unless you tell them. Uh, so I would just take on different projects, even if I didn't know how to do them and then just like learn how to do them as I went along, just make a bit of money. Um, but yeah, I always just wanted to, I think I'd be a terrible employee. I just, I'm not good at being told what to do. I did like if someone said, if someone hired me just to do marketing, I'd do all of the other stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I was about 15 then I started my first startup, kind of just a lifestyle business and went off to university and was still doing startups whilst at university um, and then when I graduated um, had a startup that and it kind of evolved into um, what today is called Vungle um, and uh, shout out to Vungle yeah angel pad baby angel pad right <laughs> yeah and and that was the pivotal bit like getting into angel pad this kind of school for startups accelerator was the pivotal moment for us um so that was quite soon after i graduated around the time of graduating actually came out to america um to go to angelpad and that was just really a life-changing event for me and bungle for startup. yeah absolutely C can we talk a little bit about how you actually got in to angelpad i know that uh Tomas Corte over there was absolutely enamored by what you did and, and just the hustle. And you guys were known as like, that's, you know, Zane and Jack, those guys are hustlers. And I loved it. Can we talk a, a quick second about that? Yeah. So, um, as I said, like it was around the time that I was graduating. So I think I was still doing university work. Even, uh, I just was reading TechCrunch uh, in our office and saw this article um, I'd never heard of AngelPad, but it basically said there's this incubator called AngelPad. They're now giving every company that joins um, $120,000. And there's one spot left for someone reading this TechCrunch article. And so speaking to my business partner, I was like, hey man, we should apply for this. Uh, and he was like, oh, I don't know, there's lots of competition for it. Um, but basically just, uh, just not expecting anything to come of it, just uh, created kind of an ad campaign targeting Tomas, the guy who runs it, and some people connected with him and um, just did a hyper-targeted campaign on LinkedIn with a picture of his face. Uh, so anyone connected to him would see his face. They're like, what the hell's this? <laughs> You'd open it. Oh, and, amazing. I and love page. it so much. Um, and very quick, so actually a week after seeing the TechCrunch ad, yeah. then um, we managed to convince Tomas to take a risk and he gave us the last spot. And... Um, so basically on a Thursday, he's basically like, right, you guys have got the last spot. This thing starts on Monday. So just get the first flight out here. So it was kind of just overnight, our kind of lives turned upside down. 
Well, and now it's all paid off because Vungo is one of the hottest video ad platforms. And well, I know you're doing so many different things now, uh, but on, you know, I would say uh, in the market today. So it, it, uh, it is it's paid off for him. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, if you think about the early days of your, you know, your journey as a, a founder building an MVP, there's so many moving parts. You're having to feed yourself. You're having to not lose your mind, you know, uh, not develop a drug addiction, you know, all those sorts of things. And <laughs> just kidding, everyone. Uh, not really, but, um, <laughs> you know, if you're thinking about the hardest aspects of taking an idea to a workable value adding product or prototype, you know, what are some of the hardest aspects of that, that experience? So as we were talking before that like both of us are not engineers. So um, when we joined AngelPad, you had about 12 companies or so all in the same office. And we kind of saw all of the other companies as way better than us because we're basically like, hey, look, here's this team with like PhDs in video encoding. This other guy wrote YouTube's API. Like these just all legit engineers from Google and stuff. And so we basically saw like we are the worst like these guys are way better than us. Um, and so we did view it as a disadvantage that we weren't engineers. But how it panned out actually is that, um, and also we're discussing this earlier, right? Some engineers, uh, if they're great technically, um, sometimes they, uh, engineers, uh, a common trait is that they might not be as comfortable sociably. So what happened is some of these engineers, because they were legit engineers, but um, they didn't want to get out of their comfort zone. So they just stayed in the office coding what they thought the market would want. So they spent like three months just coding something, then like launched it and like no one wanted it. Because we weren't engineers, actually that worked in our favor. Because what it meant is we had to sell these ideas before actually building any of them. So we, whereas all these other guys were spending all their time coding, we didn't do any coding. What we do is we, we were brainstorming different ideas. Um, we actually would create a mock-up, just a screenshot type thing, and then try and sell it. So we were spending our time selling, they were spending their time building, and that actually worked in our favor. So uh, in terms of coming up with an MVP, actually, for Vungle, because we, we changed our idea, we went into Edgepub with one idea, which was terrible, and then basically spent the course of the program coming up with um, what Vungle is today. And through the course, that tried like about eight different ideas. But the MVPs were all no code, just like literally like landing pages, screenshots. So making it seem like it was available and just to gauge if people actually wanted it or not. So that is kind of how I'd start is like, make something like so i was looking at one other startups deck the other day and i was like your deck doesn't have any screenshots or anything of the product like that's the difference between an idea and then someone actually doing it as a startup like you can't just be pitching an idea even if you haven't written a single line of code like you've got to mock up you got to, having mock-ups conveys to people People think visually, right? That's if they can see that that's way easier to communicate what you're thinking. Uh, so that's how I'd start. Like, um, many people would be like, oh, I can't do anything until I have an engineer. But um, there's many tools online. You can start mocking up how you are thinking about it looking and stuff.
That's awesome. And you took that. Wow. So I didn't even know that. I mean, you guys, much respect, man. This stuff is so, so, so hard. And so hearing that story is really, really awesome. And that just, you know, really, man, makes me feel great. So kudos to you. Uh, let's talk about, you know, raising a seed round despite of this whole, you know, experience, right? Despite you having, you know, no technical co-founders, despite not having a product and still building buzz and really understanding the market from that perspective, you were able to raise a seed round. What is it then? What, what are the elements that you should really try to focus on when raising that seed round? So I spoke to one guy today and actually met uh, one guy a few days ago and they both had um, things in common that would be useful to discuss that because they were trying to raise seed rounds. So they were showing me their deck. whatever, And I was like, what they were presenting was just, so they were in a similar position to me, like they didn't have much of a product or whatever, but what they were pitching was just an idea because their decks, et cetera, had nothing by the way of traction. So traction is one of the most important um, bits when you're fundraising, but that can mean different things to different people. And it's also just when you think investors, when they're reviewing an idea, they see what are the risks. So anyway, you can de-risk some of that stuff for better. So for example, just before this call, I had a call with one guy and um, he's got an idea um, that uh, he is planning to kind of like buy um, some web properties uh, for like $500 or whatever. And then like um, uh, do some certain steps he's got in mind to monetize them. And so he was asking me about fundraising and I was like, listen, but what you're pitching right now is just an idea. You're basically saying, hey, I've got this idea, give me some money and I'll try it. Um, that's not, you're not able to raise funding on that. Oh, it would be very hard. What, what I told him is like, well, what's going to be raised is just buy one of these websites, one of, the, one of these properties, you're saying it's $500, buy one of them, try out your plan. And then if, if it works, you can go and fundraise and say, you're no longer pitching an idea. Now you're, what you're pitching is, hey, I've, done this experiment it works now i'm raising funding to scale it and so if you're thinking from an investor's point of view the first idea is like hey i want you to take all the risk give me some money and i'm going to see if this idea, if this works or not the other side is basically like hey i've tried something it's working now it's so it's de-risked because it's working now i'm just raising some money to kind of scale it and so i think um many startups don't think about things by way of traction when it comes to their first round of funding. Um, so they feel they need the money first, but traction can mean different things and you can get traction without doing much. But from a investor's point of view, you, the difference is massive in terms of risk profile. One is an idea. One is actually um, the risk slightly. Awesome. Jack Smith, thank you so much. What's the best, social handle to reach you if people want to maybe just ask you some questions, uh, get some feedback on their startup. I know you're doing a lot of mentoring and read your content. Uh, it's uh, on Twitter. I'm just underscore Jack Smith. Awesome. And I know you're pretty, pretty active on there. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to engage and, and share cool. your stuff. You know, it's our social currency. It's giving me giving you virtual love, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, Jack, Thanks have a wonderful day. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, man. Take care.